Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings everywhere. Today's episode is about why we are so delayed in responding to evidence and in, and specifically, why are we still sitting so much? So that's really the topic. Why are we sitting so much? And this has been on my mind. I mean, it's always on my mind, but it's been on my mind a lot lately because I've been asked about it, the topic about it, what it's doing at a cellular level, what it's doing musculoskeletal, more, more macro level, what it's doing from all kinds of levels, you know, from, from cardio, cardiovascular. And, and so I've been um, asked about that from, from some journalists, but simultaneous to that, I've been reading more about... Um, single-use plastics and different countries that are banning it and but there's still a lot of use of it and they're pulling up more and more of these marine animals that have plastics um these single-use plastics bags and uh the containers for soda cans and all that you know i think it was i, I don't know the exact statistic but it was it was uh, like you can't even wrap your head around it it was like a hundred percent of the Turtles that they were that they were finding that were dead had plastic in them. Like ninety percent of the whales, it's like on and on and on. So, not only are there a majority of them have some trace of plastic or have a lot of plastic in them, almost all of them do. And so, it just makes me think: like, why do we wait until something very drastic happens before we start to 
do something. And even when we're doing something, it seems like it's done in such a slow manner. And it's the same thing, like sitting for prolonged periods has been happening for, you know, over a decade for sure. But certainly in the last decade, there's been a lot of attention given to it and research and much, many more things written about it. But how much longer is it going to actually take before we actually do something? Before companies require that everyone that works for them ta- that um, ta- takes ten thousand steps a day requires it. What what would that even look like? I mean, how amazing would that be if you worked somewhere and they and it? And now I'm obviously there's people that are not going to be able to do that if they're disabled, and I'm, so I'm I'm not saying. I'm not trying to be um, callous to the people who actually can't, but even anyone who could be mobile, how? why aren't we making that a priority? And why are we going to wait until it's, you know, until the plastics in every, in every single being, so to speak? Like, what is it about us that we're so not motivated enough to do something? And what's What's so fascinating is we know that our body is specifically engineered for movement. It's specifically engineered, designed to move. And then we know if you take away six to nine hours of sleep, you're left with somewhere around 15 hours of day of activity, daytime activity. And then if they're saying the average person is spending about nine to 10 hours a day sitting, um, you've really lo- you've really lopped off a lot of the day. And I, and I don't think that the rest of the time the, that's remaining is going to be devoted to movement for most people. They might be moving in a car or, um, you know, something else, but it's just the we're, we're made to move and yet we're spending so much time sitting. So when is it that we're actually going to get the, the red alert that, that, that we have to change? Well, what I'm saying is let's, let me put the red alert out now. And, and I would really want companies that have employees that are sitting to be bold enough to do something more about requiring that people move, requiring that people get up, not just giving them a better, more ergonomic desk. I've done that. I've gone in and given, you know, consulting to companies and it's just a more comfortable place to sit, but you're still sitting and you're still sitting probably even not, sub, you know, suboptimally. So let me just go through some, just to, to really convince you some of the research that has continued to come out about the, the malady, the, the danger of sitting too much. It's it's really probably going to have its own category someday, like sedentaris, you know, or something like that, or sedentaria, like the person that sat and they literally stopped being able to move very much. But it's it's that we are the more we sit, the more we're going to stay sedentary. So even if you are getting out of work and you've got a couple of hours before you get ready for bed, many people are not choosing to be mobile in those hours. And it's not, it's not their fault. It's that your body has been in a state of sedentariness, a state of basically rest. And so it's not really inspired to start up again. You know, it's like starting up an engine when it's cold. So what's happening when the, the body is sitting for a while? 
So this was, it's been documented by a lot of different people, but this is um, by Dr. James Levine, who wrote the book, Get Up, Why Your Chair is Killing You and What You you Can Do About It. And he really has dedicated a lot of his research and his career for talking about the, the health effects of sitting. And his his investigation shows that when you've been sitting for a long period of time and then you get up, like you've been sitting, 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 and then you get up, there's all these different things that happen from a cellular level. And the point is when you're sitting, a lot of this stagnancy comes in. So I talked about the stagnant pond and sitting really does that. But he talks about these cellular mechanisms that um, are required for, for bringing fuel to your cells and also not only bringing fuel to your cells, but getting rid of any byproducts out of the cells. So there's this, the cell has a permeability to it. And a lot of, and I've talked about the lymph system, how important it is to move because the lymph system has this one-way valve and requires you to move. So to get rid of some stuff, you have to get that pump going. But what are some of the, what are the, some of the other cellular mechanisms at play that are really, really affected when you are sitting for long periods of time? Well, he talks about damage to your heart when you're sitting for a long period of time, the blood is flowing slower. And so and your muscles are not requiring a lot of energy and it makes it easier for f- fatty materials to come to your, clog your heart. And this, and so women who sit for 10 or more hours a day, this was found, may have a significantly greater risk of developing heart disease than those who sit for five hours or less. Well, that right there, if we know if we know that as a fact, we sh- that should inspire us to get up, and it should inspire companies to make the women or the men, because they study this happens to be studying women, it doesn't mean that it's not going to affect men as well. Other organs that are affected, well, your your digestive organs are affected. You're not if you sit a lot, you're not moving regularly. You're not going to have maybe regular bowel movements. You're not going to have digestion happen as well. And anytime that the regular movement doesn't occur, you are not eliminating some of the, again, these kind of toxins that are, that we're we're going to be taking them in, but our body, like remember it's, we're engineered to move. Well, engineered to move for a lot of reasons. And one of them is to help eliminate things that we, we take in and we ingest in the air, through our skin, and some of those are free radicals. Well, when we move, what this research has been showing is that we it, it, it helps digestion in which is helping your um, colon eliminate cancer-causing free radicals. Okay, so that seems a pretty, pretty impressive right there. Um, we know with digestion as well, it's going to help you probably make better food choices too. You're going to be possibly more bloated or not digesting as well, but that also means that you might not be able to make good decisions about. I mean, this isn't in the research. I'm just kind of extrapolating. Like we know we're not digesting as well when we sit, and this can cause all the contents in the um, abdomen to be just stay in there longer, being slow down our digestion. This can lead to all kinds of, you know, beyond the constipation, just bloating and things like that. And that is not going to feel great. And that can also, 
you know, you can, it can lead you to just making poor choices for diet as well. Cause when you're not feeling well in your, it's not like you don't eat, you usually eat worse because you're already feeling, we just don't, can't modulate what feels right when we're kind of used to being sluggish and the bowels being sluggish and bloated. You get used to that. Ask anybody who's been, had many years of being bloated. There is a, a, you just get, everybody gets kind of used to the state of being. And when all of a sudden they have a day where they're not bloated, it's like, whoa, whoa, this is how it's supposed to be. But in, but there's a threshold that that is that is reached before that gets there. Well, let me talk about the stuff that I know about well. Okay, musculoskeletal issues. I mean, we know that sitting well is probably difficult to do for a long period of time. You are going to, gravitational forces are going to take hold. Your trunk, your torso, your core doesn't have, it, it doesn't have the firing demand on it. You know, you, you to hold your core strong, and what I mean the core, again, is all the muscles that surround the spine, the ribs, the torso, that are really going to hold you upright. Well, but you're not moving. You're not putting lots of levers, like like your arms and legs are expanding in a lot of direction. Your joints are moving in a lot of different ways. So your your core has less um, demanded of it. So it's not it's not inspired to sit there and kind of be erect at you know even fifty percent. So you're more likely going to be off center. And when you're off center, meaning your your spine is not um, aligned with the four natural curves. Your head is probably going to be off, your low back, and those two areas alone would be problematic. But then you've got your thoracic spine, your, your, you know, the, between the shoulder blades. So it's no wonder that people who sit all day have a ton of discomfort and complaints regarding their neck, regarding their upper back, their shoulders, and then of course their low back down into the hips. And I think there was... I was reading some research the other day and it was it was something like 50%. It was about 50%. 50% of people that have back pain, reported back pain, are spending um, more than nine hours a day sitting. And that is, you know, again, it's kind of like the plastic bag, the the like how like how long is it gonna take? We know that it's logical that we shouldn't be using this kind of plastic. We shouldn't be dumping it in the water. We shouldn't be dumping it in a landfill. But how long is it going to take before you wake up? And how many species are going to be killed in the meantime? And how many, the dead zones of the ocean and on and on and on. Like, what is it that's going to take? And we live in this body of ours. We live in this container, this engine, this unbelievable gift that we're given. And if we have the good fortune to be born and have um, a lot of ability to move. And I know, again, like not everybody does. And as a physical therapist, I've certainly worked with those people. So I'm not at all, I'm not, this isn't uh, at all directed at people who don't have a choice to move. I'm talking about the people who have a choice to move and we're sitting for so long. How long is it going to take before we shake things up and get it going and realize like the the damage, we don't want to wait until the damage is already done. And so if we know that um, so many people are affected from a musculoskeletal standpoint, at what point is it going to be too much? Well, by then it might be that the damage is already done. Like you're compressing on your disc, you're, you're 
in creating a lot of imbalance around the fascia, around the which is all the connective tissue that holds us all together. Um, you're, you know, turning down the muscle tone, the resting muscle tone, which is otherwise known as the readiness of the body to respond. Well, it doesn't really feel like responding much if you're sitting. So you really are going to set yourself up for a lot more of these musculoskeletal aches and pains and possibly much more much more dramatic than that um, if you don't get up and move. There's muscle degeneration that's surely going to happen and not only at the core, but in, in the legs and the limbs as well. And I've spoken about the glutes, but in particular, I've noticed in my, you know, I've been practicing now um, physical therapy for um, 25 years and I would say the last 10 years have been really the the bigger the bigger shift. I, I mean, I I'm really thinking back and I just don't remember the glutes being so predominantly a problem, so obviously underutilized. And I have to attribute the 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 demise of the glute activity, no matter, I mean, and even in the PT world, there's a lot of, I guess. Discussion. I don't want to say debate, but discussion about how important are the glutes. And I can, I just would say they are so important. I see, like, as the prevalence of low back pain or, um, increases, it is, it, there's almost a direct correlation to the deactivation, the low activation of the glutes. It's not like you're not, you're sitting on just nothing, but they are so not inspired to activate when you're sitting on them all day. And then how would you expect them to activate when you stand up? They're not going to just go again like a cold engine from zero to 60. Also with the postural changes in the pelvis from sitting with the tipped pelvis, anterior tilted pelvis, the glutes are really not in a position, an optimal position to fire. And then you can compensate and propel yourself forward using a lot of other muscles, but not a lot from the glutes, which is really um, a, a muscle that is made to extend the hip, and that is part of the action of moving forward is extending your hip. So we're really affecting our our overall stability, our power for moving, our power for walking, jumping, um, going upstairs, and things like that. When we are so low toned in our glutes. Now this uh, the, so getting back to the research. The research again is is and then and many people have have been studying this, but it is shown that it that sitting now is the new smoking, meaning it can actually take years off of your life because if you're reducing your your amount of time that you're moving, you are reducing your possible life expectancy. And there's there's one study um, from the British Journal of Sports Medicine concluded that for each hour that you were sitting after the age of twenty five, you can reduce your life expectancy by nearly 22 minutes. Now that's crazy. That's like, I want to get moving all day. And I, fortunately I move all day. So this is, I mean, not that I move all day. I move a lot more than the average person because that's what my job is. And I was, I guess, clear enough from a very early age that I wanted to be moving. But if we put this in perspective, again, if we think about that plastic use, we, we, we know some facts here. We know some facts. We know that if plastic is not going, it's not biodegradable, it's going to be ending up somewhere and that's going to affect 
something else, but will eventually affect us. Because when we affect the world around us in a negative way, it is, we are connected. And so, but this is like directly affecting us and we're still not waking up to it. This is directly impacting our own lifestyle, our own life expectancy, our own quality of life. So how to change this? I don't know, because people will probably write me and they'll say, God, that sounds amazing, Laura, but I you know, work in tech. I work for an IT company. I work for this or that. And we are sitting in front of a computer for nine or 10 hours. And truthfully, I it's not like I know the answer because I don't. But what I will say is, Let's wake up to the fact that we know the evidence is here. We know it. Let's not wait until, you know, we're getting suffocated like these poor sea creatures that are, that are swallowing the plastic bags and we're seeing more and more of them. Like, why do we have to wait to, for that to happen before we start to change something? We already know. So here are my suggestions, and they're just my suggestions, but again, I don't work at a desk for nine hours, so I don't know exactly the answer. But I do know this. I do think that all companies that have the funds, and I would say if you have more than 10 employees, you probably have the funds, and that you have people that are primarily sitting, you have to get them some kind of device and encourage your employees to walk 10,000 steps. And maybe 10,000 is too many. I don't think so. Why not? Why go, why, why go for five when you really should be, when, when they've shown that 10,000 is a good number to have, you know, getting the movement in. And that might be that you could, you could offer re- rewards for the people in your office who are, match, who are getting that regularly. I, I don't know. Be creative. Be fun. Make it interesting. But it is worth it. It is worth it. And I would argue, and I'm sure there's all kinds of science behind this. And I didn't, I've, I've looked at this before, but I don't, I don't have any um, articles with me to quote, but I, I'm no productivity is absolutely directed to what, you know, the employee's health. You know, you're going to be more productive if you are moving some and maybe even moving a lot. So I, I'm saying this from the back of my files in my brain. I don't have it in front of me, but there was a man, there was a, a man who owned who owns a business out in California, I think it was. And he did this experiment over summer where he decided to give his employees, um, make the, the day shorter. He would pay them the same amount, but they would be in the office for a short amount of time. And then he was conducting it over a, 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 maybe the summer, the three months, because he's like, okay, you can get out. So say you work straight from nine to two, and then you leave the office. And that was their work week. It, it was eliminated I don't know, eight to 10 hours or something. It was significant. And what he wanted to see is if they got outside and they moved around and went surfing or went running or whatever it was, the rest of the day was spent, could they be as productive in a shorter um, hour work week being paid the same amount? And of course, what he found is not only were they as productive, they were more productive, more productive, working fewer hours, and getting out and doing stuff for the body and the mind and the spirit and all of it. And so I think that that was so bold, but he he took that chance logically knowing that most likely they're going to actually be able to conduct, uh, do the same amount of uh, productivity. And, and, and they actually did better. 
And so he continued it. And I th- so I think that if you are a business owner or you are uh, you work for yourself, give do this as like a requirement, a requirement for your for your office, for your business, that everybody has to move a certain amount. And why not? Why not make that make that bit bold move? Because it's not that bold. You're actually investing in your employees. You're investing in yourself. And that's the thing you should be doing. So when we sit less, we're going to be, we're going to get more movement. And when we, if you get to that 10,000 steps a day, wow, that's going to be what a change in your energy level. And then all the other things like the organs and the musculoskeletal system and, and the brain, the nervous system. So that's one, one thing that I would say it. And then all the other things that I've said on other podcasts, you know, walking more, taking the stairs, getting up, um, every hour, at least 10 minutes of every hour, you're up and moving. Because if you are just sitting all day and then you go to the gym for an hour, that is much less effective than if you were to get up every hour and move for 10 minutes for the same amount of time you'd be spending at the gym, you know, adding it all up. You need to move more often. It's not that you, you you also should move for at least an hour minimally, but you need to move more often. You can't just sandwich it all. Like sitting for a prolonged period is the problem. So it's not going to be changed or altered or really improved much by then going to the gym and doing something is my point. So figure out ways where you can get movement in. And it's again, sitting is not inherently bad. It's just the prolonged sitting is not good. You need to get up and move in a variety of ways. Stretch your arms out, do squats, walk the stairs. Get an accountability buddy. So especially if you are at work, but also if you work out of your house, say you work at home or say you're a stay-at-home mom, find an accountability. I mean, if you're a stay-at-home mom, forget it. You're not sitting for 10 hours a day. (laughs) Who am I kidding? I know you guys don't need that, but it's the really the people that are at um, working that are sitting that that it is is very um, challenging. It's really going to be detrimental. They're going to be like the large plastic bags in the belly situation. I mean, it's just bad. It's get up and move. So it's really the people that are sitting. They need you need an accountability buddy who is going to check in, make sure you're moving, make sure you're going. And I'm just going to say we need to do this. We really need to put this as a priority. We there is just so much evidence, so much evidence, and it's only growing. I mean, there's thousands of studies about about prolonged sitting. It's it's it's. Like how many studies do we need? How many plastic bags in the ocean in in a whale's stomach do we need before we do something? So let's do it. Get up and move, look up stuff and write me some suggestions. If you have, if you work at a place that um, has put this as a priority, I would love to hear about it. I would love to hear about it. So write me at laura at movementbylaura.com and then become a yoga teacher so that you can teach your people at work so that you can um, stay moving so that you can have the education to give to people. You know, if you, for instance, come and do a yoga teacher training with me, I really teach you functional movement, how to put it into the yoga class, and then how to put it into your life, how to teach it to people. How I teach you about the body, and um, you'll be very convinced at why we need to keep all of our joints, our big joints of the body, the big synovial joints of the body moving. The synovial joints, the ball and socket joints, many other joints, elbow, wrist, all these synovial joints absolutely need movement to uh, keep that synovial fluid 
up to par, right? Like the synovial fluid is like your your lubrication. And so um, I teach you all about that. Uh, but but get moving, learn more and and put it in your put it in your body and put it in your practice every day. This is the calling. This is the when are we going to actually make a change? We need to do it now. The evidence is here. Why are we waiting? Let's not wait. Let's do this together. This is the movement that I'm all about is moving to feel better and to move so that we have meaning in our life and purpose and that we can actually help others as well. So either helping others by teaching them movement or being that pioneer and picking up plastic bag and stop using the plastic bags, um, all that good stuff. So I'm sending you big hugs and I hope this helped a lot. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.